0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V in lines right here on the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and I am joined as always by the newly stylized (laughs) all-pro safety Interception leader <clears throat> Glover Quinn, who has just redone his background and it is looking beautiful. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports. Esports and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Bet online where the game starts.
0: (laughs) I had to do it, man. You know, I was sitting there. And I'm getting ready to, you know, put some of my stuff up because a lot of this stuff, like I said, has been in boxes, been wrapped up. I had a guy when I was in Detroit, I had a guy, John Pinch, shout out John Pinch. Man, he used to come through and take, you know, get all types of cool pictures and he would get them framed and you can see the jerseys, like all of these different things. Man, this big painting back here, guy Chuck Broad from um, from Baton Rouge painted this for me. He does. He does a lot of paintings. You know, if you're interested in any kind of paint stuff, you know action stuff like he does a phenomenal job you can see the one behind me um but a lot of the jerseys and stuff you know that it was up in boxes because i was moving back into my house from you know some renovations that i had to get done from when houston had to freeze um and so when i moved back in things was going so fast i just didn't take the time to really just unpack all the stuff and hang stuff back up and put stuff back up and some of these pictures i didn't even have up in the first place. And so um, I started going back through it on Monday because I'm like, you know what, man, when I see some of these guys on ESPN and NFL network and, you know, they're broadcasting from their home office or whatever they're doing, you know, they got their balls and jerseys and they got all their stuff up. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to change. I'm going to put some more of my stuff up on my walls and, you know, decorate a little bit and feature myself. But I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of stuff over here. I got, you know, Andre Johnson Calvin Johnson pictures me and Calvin obviously me and Andre me and Larry Fitzgerald um just some of the guys that you know I played with I looked up to I had fun competing against and you know I decided to decorate it on my wall and you know add a little character to my to my to my stream man it's, it's football season it's podcast time and you know when you're podcasting, You want the background to look good, so I did that. Obviously, this jersey to my right is my uh, Houston Texans jersey. Um, That's the team that drafted me, obviously, for those who don't know. Um, This jersey to my left is my Pro Bowl jersey. Um, And, you know, I only had room to put two jerseys, so I put those two because I got the big picture of Detroit in the background. So that's me in my Detroit Lions jersey. And the jersey that I have framed for me with Detroit actually has that exact photo in it, the live actual photo um, from week four, in 2013. I caught an interception against uh, Chicago Bears. So I decided not to put the actual jersey because I wanted to put those other two up to pay, you know, honor to the Texans for drafting me and then for an accomplishment of making the pro bowl and, you know, and kept the lines in the middle. So it was good. It's a good, 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 good style, good look. And, you know, showing both teams that, you know, I played for the lines and, and the Texans. So it's good.
1: It is really good. I absolutely love how it kind of shows the history of Glover Quinn the twenty nine, the twenty seven, the action shots. Some of those, I imagine, those are interception balls behind you as well, right?
0: <laughs> no, I, I didn't put the interception balls behind uh, me. I thought about it, but um, I put uh, a couple of the players' sign balls, and I'm going back and forth with. It. I may put some interception balls because that those are those are my babies, so. I may, I may, I may switch it out, but right now I think I got Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson, Aaron Foster, and then Dominican Sue back there in the cases. So I may change it out from week to week. I don't know. It may just become a different thing. I don't know. Um, but you know, you can see I got a picture, you know, me and Peyton Manning right there. I got another picture over in the corner of the father, me and Tom Brady. Got a picture over here, um, me and JJ Watt. Got another picture right there, me and Coach Caldwell. Um, I got a picture right behind me. Actually, that's uh, my 100th straight start. We played Chicago at the end of the 2016 season. I think it was uh, maybe 15, one of them. Yeah, it had to have been because I ended up at 148, so that would have been 16, 17, 18 when it gave me 48. So, yeah, it would have had to be been the end of the 2015 season. Um, I caught an interception against Chicago in, in the last game of the season, and that was my 100th straight start. So that picture is right behind me. So it's pretty cool, man. You know, it would be cool for my kids to actually come in and see some of this stuff. And then I got other memorabilia that I collected over the years. Charles Woodson signed his – you know his his Raiders jersey when he played his last game in Michigan. You know he played the Lions when they played the Lions, and I think 14 or 15 uh, we played the Raiders. Charles Wilson gave me his jersey, signed it for me right there on the field. So I got that. I got Calvin Johnson jersey, and you know a lot of guys that I, that I respected when I played Eric Weldo, Earl Thomas, Ryan Clark. You know, what I'm saying just guys that I respected and 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 that was, were willing to switch jerseys with me. So I got some of that stuff. I got a bunch of photos from when I played, you know, with some of my teammates and things like that. So just going to put some, get some of that stuff up and, you know, have fun with it.
1: And I think we're going to have fun seeing what happens as the background evolves, really a who's who among defensive backs in terms of the Jersey swaps that you've done. Charles Woodson, that is just such a perfect Jersey. Perfect jersey swap. Oh, yeah. That 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 right there is
0: probably one of my, you know, I I would put that up there as probably one of my, because I'm gonna consider Calvin a swap. Like I played with Calvin. So it was like, hey Calvin, I need to get a jersey, bro. Like at some point this season, I gotta get a jersey, right? But Charles Wilson was, you know, a swap, right? And I was the type of person where I didn't feel comfortable just going up to any and everybody and asking for a jersey, right? So when I was young in my career, I trying to earn some respect, you know, trying to grow in this league. You know, I didn't go and ask anybody for their jersey. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't until, you know, I made the Pro Bowl and I led the league in interceptions that I felt like, okay, well, this other safety may know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, now I, I felt like I could go up to Earl Thomas and go up to Eric Well and go up to a Charles Woodson. Because I kind of felt like I thought those guys were like me, right? Like if you're a top safety in the league, you probably know who the other top safeties are. You know what I'm saying? Because you probably check out those guys and see like who's making plays, like who's doing what. And so, you know, once I led the league and pick, I felt like, okay, well, I feel like Charles Wilson knows who I He might not know me personally, but he he know my name. He had, you know what I'm saying? And so some of these people I had talked to social media wise beforehand, um, but it wasn't until that point that I even felt comfortable going up to these guys and asking them to exchange jerseys or asking them to have their jersey, right? Because obviously you pay for these jerseys. They don't just give them to you for free. And so, okay, well, you know, however much they're charging you for that jersey, if they just giving you their jersey, they're basically giving you however, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, when you swap, obviously they take your Jersey, you take their Jersey. And so it kind of evens out, but to go up, I don't even think I swapped with Charles. I think I just asked for his and it's like, I appreciate you, bro. Like he took it off right there on the field. His last game in four field, I actually got a dope photo of it. It's on the, on the Jersey. So, um, uh, like I said, shout out my guy, John Pinch. He did a great job getting all those things framed up for me and, uh, it's dope.
1: It's dope. It's absolutely so dope. Game respects game, as the saying goes, so no surprise there. And as a former All-Pro interception leader, defensive back star, what did you notice from the Lions' first preseason game? Because I know you're – sorry, not the first, their second one versus the Colts. Because I know your eyes were definitely glued to that defensive backfield. Well, you know,
0: I'm 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 going to be completely honest with you, man. I, I I was a bit disappointed from from the very beginning. You know, when mm-hmm. I cut the game on and I didn't see any of the starters playing, I was mm-hmm. disappointed. You know, I, I I understand that it's the preseason. I understand what's going on, but having a young secondary, we those guys need reps. Like, you don't have fourth preseason games anymore. You only you only have three, so. At some point, you know, we got to get some reps. Or, you know, now that they got 17 games, are we counting the first two as, like, preseason games? Well, no, those go on your record. You got to win those games. These are the games that don't necessarily affect your record. Like, you can't come out on week one and treat that as a preseason game and say, okay, why guys need to get reps or they need to – no, they – so. I was a bit disappointed in 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 that aspect of it. But I did see Jeff Akudo out there um getting some reps in. I saw um we were like I didn't see any other starting safeties and I didn't see uh, money out there. Um so I would have loved to at least see those guys get at least a quarter in. And I know from a player standpoint, they're probably like, come on, GQ, you know we didn't. But I'm looking at it as hey, you gotta get yourself ready to play, right? You got a new, basically a new group, right? You added Deshaun uh, Elliott. And then Jeff, you only play one game. So if you if you are the starter or if Will's the starter, however, that plays out, you know, you're adding two new pieces basically. Yeah, money's back and Tracy's back, but those other two guys are whoever it is, they're gonna be new, right? And so you just need those reps, you need that continuity, you need that communication in game, right? Who's gonna be the slot guy? Like you need you need that work together. And I was a bit disappointed, I didn't see that. And so, you know, I watched the first the first quarter again, you know, and and it was kind of the same thing, right? You just, you know, there's plays that that you want to see made that that's just like it's close, but it's just it's not being made, right? Um, you know, you think you see them complete a, a simple crossing route on third down and and God circles the defense and gets the first down. And then they come right back, I think, on the next third down and run the same exact play right so it's just little things that like I said it's not a physical thing it's just those guys are young and they need they need the reps and so you know for the most part me personally I was upset and disappointed that those guys were not playing and so I literally I, I think I watched the first quarter and a half and I was like alright man like we're, what are we doing and I turned it off <laughs>
1: honestly I get it especially when you continue to go down the roster it it loses some of the appeal especially when I agree with you Uh, don't get me wrong I understand Michael Brockers he's a 31 year old defensive tackle sit him I don't care but it's all about the communication positions for me. It's the, the safeties that are going to be communicating with each other. It's the safeties in the corners that are going to be communicating with each other. The linebackers communicating with the safeties. Those are the guys that I at least want to see a little bit more from because we don't know what that's going to look like in real time. And you can only get those, that experience, that communication, build that relationship with live game reps. And so I'm hoping that we see a dress rehearsal for preseason game three. And some teams like to run the dress rehearsal where their starters play a quarter or a half. Other teams kind of avoid it to keep the team fresh. Are you with me that you want to see this dress rehearsal for the Lions?
0: I, I think I think we need to see some some of it. Um, like I said, if 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 the Lions were a veteran team all across the board, then I would say, okay, you know, I still want you guys to go out and give me at least a quarter, quarter and a half, because at some point, you know, you try to prevent injuries in the preseason. But if you're not careful, you create injuries in the regular season, right? These guys are going to be expected to come out week one playing at a high level for four quarters. Your body has to be in shape to do that. That's why when you had the four preseason games, you play a little bit in the first first game. You play more in the second game. The third game, you're at least playing a half. Some teams you will play three quarters or you'll play a play the first half, and you come out the second half, hey, we want to get a drive in the second half so we can practice coming out of the locker room. And then the fourth quarter, you, I mean, the fourth game you didn't play, but you're working yourself up to be able to play four quarters. I mean, these guys played a series in the, in the first game, absolutely none in the second game. And then what are you doing the third game? Are you taking it as a dress rehearsal, or are you giving guys the, the time off? so they can be fresh like you gotta find like you got a long period of time in between that last preseason game and the first game you got time to get guys fresh you got time to get guys fresh you need these refs because you can't i don't feel like you can come back after week three or four and you and you lost a couple games and blame it on the guys are getting in shape or you know guys are getting you know more reps or guy, like I don't feel like you, you want to dig yourself that hole, like you want to come out and be four-no, not 0 and four. So yeah, you're trying to prevent injuries from happening in the preseason, but you definitely don't want to create injuries by not having the guys you know ready to go and and come open the day. So I'm a little worried. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little worried. You know, I hope, I hope it doesn't it doesn't, you know, go that way. I hope they come out ready to go. I hope they come out fired up. I hope they, you know, working on the communication. I hope they're doing all the things that they need to do to make sure that they're ready to go come game day because the pressure is on. The pressure is on. Our eyes are on you guys, right? You've had hard knocks, you've got the whole world watching, everybody's excited. They want to see what you guys are going to do. Right. Are you guys going to be the same old lines? Or are you guys going to be different? They want to see. And so it's, it's your job to go out and show them. And, you know, like I say, I just I, I, I just want to see. I, I just would want, like to see more, you know, and it could be a situation where, you know, maybe they feel like okay well this guy's basically locked in already right we he's going to be our star and safety he's going to be the other safety you know he's going to be a starting corner you know the you know we we competing at at the other spot but you know these for the most part are going to be you know our guys and so we want to see what the backups going to look like so i don't know if that's the situation that they're how they're approaching it but either way i feel like If those are going to be your starters, they still need reps. They still need reps. And so I'm a little worried.
1: I'm a little worried as well, especially when news today comes out. The Lions haven't made a decision in that CB2 battle of Akuda versus Harris. And I'm not so worried about that. But the additional statement of we haven't decided who, but they're both going to have a role anyways. And what does that mean? Are you going to be rotating? Will Harris is playing on first down and Jeff akuta is on second. Are we rotating drives? Because there's also a battle in the slot where AJ Parker and Mike Hughes are kind of starting to compete with one another. So are you going to move the loser of the CB2 battle to the slot? Because then that player needs to be taking reps there. So what should we make of the non-decision and the idea that both Akuda and Harris are going to have a role for the Lions D? Well,
0: I I think you get that answer because neither one probably has shown enough to say they should be the bona fide starter. I don't think neither one has got enough reps in games or made enough plays in the preseason games to say he should be the bona fide starter. I don't think they've had the opportunities. I mean, yeah, you can say, well, they've played two games. Like I said, they didn't play very much in the first game. They didn't. I mean, I think Jeff played the first quarter in the first game, if that, right? So to to declare either one of those guys, he's the guy. I don't know if anyone, unless they've just done some miraculous things at practice, right? Like, and, you know, the practice that I went to, I can't say that either one just jumped out as like, okay, oh yeah, Will should be the guy or Jeff should be the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, and I wasn't looking specifically at them to to judge it intently. I just wanted to ju- watch and see what jumped out to me. Like what was anybody jumping out to me, right? And so I don't know, you know, if they've seen enough from any one of those guys to, to say, okay, you're gonna be our guy. I just, I, I don't know if they've seen it. So it, it's hard to make that decision. So, you know, do both of those guys play a whole half? Next game, well, then where do money get reps? He need reps, too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'm worried. You know, I, I don't want to worry. But when it comes to to the team, you know, the secondary is a huge part of this thing. You know what I'm saying? If, we, if, if you can't stop guys from throwing that ball and completing passes on third down, it's going to be very difficult to win. And – You know, when I was playing, that was one thing that I definitely didn't want is for us to have a good team and the secondary be the reason why we're not winning games.
1: Let's hope that that's not the case in 2022 because, again, I believe in these players. I'm excited. I really like Jeff Fakuda. I really like Will Harris. But... When it's a competition because no one has separated, not it's a competition because both are playing so well, we can't possibly decide. It just worries me for week one against the Philadelphia Eagles because you're either going to be competing with A.J. Brown, who is a monster among men at wide receiver, or Devontae Smith, who, while slender, has some of the best feet among young wide receivers in the NFL. So it's going to be a test. And I really hope we get some more clarity against the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming Sunday.
0: Yeah, me too. Because I I, I already know how these receivers are going to approach this game. Right? Because you have Will, you have Jeff. Neither one has proven themselves as a starting corner. Yes, Amani had a good year last year. Catch some interceptions, came on strong, Right? But those receivers, those guys are not going to come in and feel like super, super respectful to the Lions' defensive backs, right? And everybody wants to start the season off hot. So I guarantee you both of those receivers are going to come in with it on their mind that they're trying to put up 100-plus yards and a touchdown, both guys, Devontae and A.J., So I hope, I hope these guys are ready to go.
1: I really hope so too. And we'll get more clarity once we find out what's going on in that third game. Cause it's going to be a battle out there, regardless of if they're ready or not, just like it was a battle in practice between Jamal Williams and EJ speed. I don't know if you saw that, but Jamal Williams is more of a talker on the field than I realized I thought he was just all happy off the field, really just happy-go-lucky, loving life. No, he is a chippy guy on the field.
0: Well, most definitely. And like I said, when I was at practice, I'm sitting there waiting for one of the defensive, defensive guys to like, let him have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, like not in a dirty way, but we're doing goal line. Like, I'm going to thud you up like yeah. i'm i'm going to shut you up like cuz he's scoring touchdowns and he's talking he's talking he's talking he's talking he's talking and that's fine right i ain't got no problem with it. like because at the end of the day if that's what feeds you that's what help you help like win games then go out and do you bro but as a competitor right now we're competing yeah we're on the same team but we're competing with each other and i just can't let you do that so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me when he does it in You know, and and those joint practices—that's what I say. Joint practices are always like that. You're gonna have guys that's gonna be talking. That's why you have so many fights and stuff when you see joint practices, because you know defensive guys hold, offensive guys, you know, talk smack and do this and this and that, and got the fans out there, so everybody's trying to show up, everybody and everybody trying to make it seem like this and that and this, like all that nonsense that happens in in these joint practices, right? And so. NFL practices are basically, a lot of them are offensive driven, right? You're not tackling guys, you know, certain guys, you're not really competing so much at the ball in a, in a way because, you know, you're not trying to hurt anybody and things like that. But like I said, we have these joint practices. Fans are right there. So a receiver go up and catch a ball. And you pull off a little bit, but he go up and catch a ball, make a spectacular play. He starts talking smack, fan, go crazy. Okay, I got something for you. Okay. It won't be like that next time. So then next time when I take it a little over the top, now we're fighting. Now we're going at it, right? So that's that's what happens, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, guys try to bully other guys because they think they bigger and they tougher and, you know, you can't let it bully you so gotta try to pass rush on jamal and stuff get out of here you know what i'm saying like so yeah jamal's a talker man but you know like i said long as he is genuine and authentic with it and he's not just putting on for the cameras or putting on because you know he, he he has that opportunity now i got no problem with
1: it no not at all i love the chippiness on the field from your running backs because they're taking those uns the collisions that even get underrated, those pass blocking reps. We forget about the kind of force that these two players are generating, the hits they're taking, not only carrying the ball, but even in pass protection. So to see that kind of attitude and him winning those reps, too, that gets me excited, at least from an offensive perspective. I want to see more of that. But his ever have a training camp rival from another team anything that escalated a little bit further like i said we
0: fought with the uh, saints every time we practiced them you know we had we had a little scuffle with uh with the pittsburgh Steelers when i was um when i was in detroit you know we had practiced pittsburgh and we're doing a two-minute drill and you know like i said we're not tackling but it's competitive you know what i'm saying and you know, they get down to, I think it's like fourth down or something like that, and they, they got a score. And, you know, it's practice, but you want to win, right? So uh, Ben throws a ball to Antonio Brown coming across the middle. He tried to run it in for a touchdown. He tried to actually truck me, and it's like, oh, negative. <laughs> what? Nah, bro, that, that ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah. So they had a little scuffle, but we had to let them boys know, like, we ain't no punks, man. You ain't finna run through here and AB trying to act like he all tough. You ain't tough, bro. You ain't tough, bro. Like, you better sit down somewhere. (laughs) Little little kid, little boy, whatever you want to (laughs) say. You know what I'm saying? But that that was the attitude, right? That was the month, like, no, man. You're not coming through here, trying to just run through us and score a touchdown, nah, bro. And you know so we got to stand up, and it is what it is.
1: And especially to Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, you've got, you can't let them have the last word. I'm glad you didn't, especially you know 180 pound receiver versus Glover Quinn, not only the interception leader, but a hard hitter in the defensive backfield. No way. Yeah.
0: No, way. it definitely wasn't
1: happening. No. At all. And funny, you bring up Ben Roethlisberger because it was in the news today that he was at the Steelers practice. But he didn't talk to Kenny Pickett. He avoided, you would imagine, again, it could have been coincidence, but you'd think that the guy that just retired would go and have a chat with the new rookie quarterback. But not Ben Roethlisberger, apparently.
0: Yeah, that's 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 weird, you know. I
1: kind of similar to his relationship with Mason Rudolph though when they drafted him, so yeah. That, <laughs> that that that's that's
0: weird to me. I don't even like why why else are you going back out there? Like, I mean, so you just going to visit and hang out? Cool. So why not as a Steeler franchise quarterback? Like why not at least meet the the, the new rookie and he was like why not that's that's the weirdest thing to me
1: yeah and Pickett took it really well he was asked about it after he, oh you know I, I didn't see him after practice so I didn't get to talk to him but you know I'm, I'm gonna get his number from one of the guys and I'll I'll give him a text that's
0: media talk man
1: yeah and yeah he's just being a nice kid There's media like,
0: talk man <laughs> I'm gonna keep while, it real huh? with you <laughs> deep inside he's probably like that's whack man yeah, I mean, uh, unless there's a story, and there's a legit story, but you would also think like you're Ben, right? So unless they just got you doing all types of stuff, when the quarterbacks are doing individual drills, I'm sure you can go over there, Ben. <laughs> like I'm sure you, you know, like I'm sure you can go over there and say what's up to the quarterbacks, Ben. Like when they're doing team. Like I'm sure you can be on the offensive sideline. I'm sure you can do that. So for you not to do that, you know, like I said, unless they had him doing so many other things, because I I would feel like Ben has to put himself on the outside. Pickett got practice, so he need to be focused on practice. It's my job to go up to him, not his job, to leave practice or to leave a drill to come say what's up to me. Yeah. That's how I will look at it. No, you need to go practice, bro. Go take care of practice. I'll be here and catch you after practice. Or, hey, I'm going to show up before practice so I can catch you because I'm sure the quarterbacks are just out there throwing the ball around, playing around. Then you got special teams. What are they doing during the kickoff period and the punt period? And, I'm like, there's plenty of opportunity for Big Ben to meet and talk to Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah, that was – So I got to give Big
0: Ben a thumbs down on that one.
1: That was one of the more surprising headlines I read today. And again, it could end up being nothing. There there could be something. Maybe he's waiting in the locker room and they're going to chat later, but it doesn't look good. And it doesn't surprise me based on his history with quarterbacks replacing him. Yeah.
0: Thumbs down, Ben.
1: Thumbs down, but two thumbs up from Dan Campbell, based on all the reports coming out of hard knocks. You just, read things, you watch him and everyone loves Dan Campbell. His wife calls him the pied piper because kids gravitate towards him. Cause he's so funny. Animals love him. He just connects with people. And so I hope that does translate to wins, but at the very least it's cool seeing a genuine human being who doesn't do so much of the coach speak and sometimes to his detriment, but, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's gonna give you a quote every time he talks. Oh yeah, I mean,
0: when you can relate to people, when you when you can just be humble, right? When you're humble, when you're grateful, when when you're all those thankful, all those different things, it's gonna it's gonna help people connect with you, right? When you when you're not humble, and you feel like you're better than everybody else, right? You're not grateful for the job or thankful for the job. You feel like, you know, you should have been given this job, like it's a privilege, like it's a right for you to have this, not a privilege, right? Like, you should be thankful that you got this job. And I want to do the very best that I can, right? You should be grateful, you should be humble that out of all the people in the world, they chose me to do this. So I don't take it for granted. And when you when you feel that way and you can share your soul with people, and they can see your genuine, authentic self, they're gonna relate to you. They're gonna relate to you. And as long as you are doing it authentically, organically, and you're not putting on, because it's very hard to put on for a long period of time, right? So for him to cons- consistently be this way, over and over and over. That's who he is. That's who he is. You know what I'm saying? He he definitely appreciates the job, the role, everything that he's been through to get to this point. And so it comes out in the way he carries himself, it comes out in and how he talks to his team. And then his team responds, the culture is good, you know, the people around the world are getting to see it on, on hard knocks and, and they 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 love it too. But Once again, all that is fine and dandy. You got to win football games.
1: You do. You have to win football games first and foremost, which is why it's surprising that Dan Campbell is now, depending on which website you use, the favorite for coach of the year before we've even played a single game just based on hard knocks. Now, if you use our friends at bet online, He's the third favorite for coach of the year, just behind Vikings Kevin O'Connell and Giants Brian Dable. So the national media is finally giving the Lions respect, but we do need to actually win those games.
0: Right. And, 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 that's, and that's the thing, right? Yeah, he might be the favorite for coach of the year, but at the end of the day, that's also saying that they feel like the Lions could be a surprise team because they're not going to get a coach of the year to a 5-12 and 12 team, right? They're going to give a coach of the year to a team that did not have a great record the year before, and then now they've came back this next year, and now they're into deep into the playoffs or they're winning a the division or doing things like that, and they turn that whole program around. And if you can combine that success on the field – with the reputation that you've gained from hard knocks and opportunity that you had there then yeah i i, I could definitely see him winning coach of the year um because people are going to see what went into it it's, it's it's all timing right it's all the timing of hard knocks being there and you getting a success on the field it's all timing, you know what i'm saying and so because it could have been opposite Right. What if hard knocks was there last year? Coach Campbell would have been the same, but then the Lions go out and go three and 13 and one. Then they would have been saying a bunch of negative stuff. Maybe he's not this. Maybe he should be tougher or maybe he should do this or maybe he should do that. Right. But they weren't there. So the, the the national media attention wasn't on it. And then they go three and 13 and one. And they win some games at the end of the season, gets closer and this and this and that. So they have good momentum going into the off season. Well then now you bring hard knocks on, and now the national attention gets behind it. So everybody just kind of just they're excited about what could have been. They're excited about what they think is gonna happen. Dan Campbell has been great, Aaron Glenn has been great, Deuce Staley has been great. Some of the fans Favorite players from when they, you know, growing up watching those guys play. So everybody's excited. They just gotta go and win the games, and if they do that, you know, I might have to go to bet online and, and and put my bet on Coach Campbell.
1: And it's so interesting because we're kind of getting it from all sides with the Lions. We're getting the appreciation from fans around the league. We're getting appreciation from Vegas for Dan Campbell improving the record, but. Bet online also has them tied with the Panthers, the Jaguars, and the Giants in Super Bowls odds, and only ahead of the Bears, Seahawks, Falcons, and Texans. So they still have them as a, that is seven, a bottom seven team in the NFL. So on one hand, you're giving them the credit that Dan Campbell's going to get a bunch of wins. But on the other hand, you're saying, no, they're still down here. Well, I mean, I,
0: I wouldn't necessarily say that they're putting them down there, at least from from the way I understand and think about the odds, right? Because we're not betting or putting the odds on who's going to be a playoff team. We're talking Super Bowl. Mm. So, yes, the chances of the Lions going from a 3-13-1 in one season to make the Super Bowl probably isn't very good. Right. I don't know if that's happened many times, if any, in the history of the game. So, yes, that would tell me that the chances of those guys making a Super Bowl this year are slim. Doesn't mean that they can't, but it's slim. Right. That's why it's called chances. But that doesn't mean that they can't have a playoff season and and make a run in the playoffs. They just may not make it to the Super Bowl. Right. So I don't think that means that they're going to be. Down in the bottom of the league with the bottom teams, I just feel like it'd be hard to to say that they're going to go from three thirteen and one to the Super Bowl.
1: Okay, I'm feeling better now because I was feeling a little bit disrespected <laughs> how they're getting the praise, but also the backhand from the same great sponsors bet online. But that's good to know. And one of the things that we're hoping will get them to the playoffs is the player led practice that everyone's talking about. So Dan Campbell relinquished power for the day and said that this is your team. It's your decisions and let the team, I don't know specifically how they did it, if it was a vote or if each position group changed it up, but players got to run practice. And as a former player, what is, are your thoughts on that?
0: <laughs> that's a setup, up, man. That's, as a player, that's a set up. <laughs> Point blank, period. Because, you know, and you know, I got asked about this on the other podcast, right? And so um I told a story about when I was in junior college. And you know, when I was in junior college, we had, you know, we was doing mat 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 room drills, right? So it was up early in the morning, 345, 4 o'clock in the morning, we go to the gym, we work out, we run, it's conditioning, it's it's all those different things. It's hard. It's juco ball and but it's hard, right? And so we're doing our conditioning at the end. We've done drills and drills and drills for a whole hour or however long I was in there. And now we're just doing just conditioning at the end. So we're in a double gym. So we got, like, two, two big basketball courts. So we're doing, you know, suicides across, the like, whole gym, like, two courts combined, right? And, you know, we we're tired, man. We, we're tired. We get to the very end, and, and Coach is like, GQ, you want another one? You know, or whatever he called me. I can't remember exactly what it was. And in that moment, I'm standing there just like, man, I'm tired. I know all my teammates are tired. I can hear him grumbling and all this stuff, right? He he called on me, put me on the spot, right? And in that moment, it was just like, man, you know what? I know I'm probably going to make 85 people mad. But if a coach asks me, do I want some more? I'm going to tell him, "Let's let's go some more. Because what is it gonna look like if I'm like nah, coach, we won't no more. We're tired, right? What's gonna happen when you get in the, in the season and you're in the fourth quarter, and now it's time for overtime, coach? We just can't play no more, coach. Like we're just tired, man. No, no, you can't set that that tone and mentality with the team. And so yeah, I probably didn't didn't make a lot of people happy, but that was just something that I had to do. And so I was like, coach, we want another one. And we ran another one. And so when you talk about coaches relinquishing the power and and putting it on the players, you know, I feel like that's one of those things where as a coach you want to see. You want to see how my guys are going to respond. Are they going to take it and make it an easy practice? Hey, man, we're going to – hey, man, coach – like I said last week, hey, man, coach gave us the – he let us run practice, so we're going to do – you know, we're going to go how hard we think we should go. We're going to, you know, we're going to do this, or so we're going to do that. Or are you going to really go out with the mentality of a mature football team and try to practice hard and try to get yourself ready to go and try to win? You know what I'm saying? They want to see, you know, what would you do if you were the coach, right? Do, would you would you still do your tackling drills? Do they do tackling drills? You know, are you doing the, the, the individual drills? Are you doing all those things that you would do that we normally do? or you're going to take the day off and make it an easy practice because, oh, coach, coach let us run practice day. So it's a setup, you know what I'm saying? Like, if coach let you run practice, you better make it the hardest practice ever. Even if it's going to make you, you know, hated it uh not liked in the locker room, it is what it is because the minute that you try to take it easy on one of those coach-led practices, the coach is going to be able to tell a whole lot about how the season is going to go and about the group of guys that he got in that meeting room. So... That's kind of how I look at it.
1: And I imagine they'll probably get revenge on you for taking the day off. You're going to pay for it. What you take off today, you're going to end up paying for later. Not even just the NFL. In JUCO, in high school, in college, coaches don't like days off for players.
0: I mean, it's not just JUCO. I mean, it's life.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: what you, what you take off today, you got to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you take off working out for a little while, you got to pay for it when you go back to working out, right? You, you got to pay for it when you get on a scale and you don't like what you see. You got to pay for it when you go in the gym and you can't run that mile anymore as fast as you used to run it because you took some time off, right? So you got to push yourself, man. Don't, don't,
1: mm-mm. Yeah. mm you can mix. I'm, glad, I'm
0: glad that in my course of my 10 years, I never had a coach say, hey, you guys can run practice.
1: Never. Never had to. Never wanted to test you that way, it seems. Nah. That's a reassuring thing. And hopefully the Lions as a team made up for it because you got to work hard. You have to earn it still room for a little bit of fun though. The lions did have comedian Josh Adams come to practice, talk to the team. And it was cool not only to watch it cause you see him, Justin Timberlake, Aiden Hutchinson comparisons. You see Dan Campbell getting roasted called Hulk Hogan. And then you read after the fact that they didn't show it, but Campbell was on the floor crying, laughing because he was enjoying himself so much. And, I think that goes back to the humility you were talking about. Just the wanting it, the understanding what it takes to be here and not taking yourself too seriously. So it's nice, I think, when the team brings in a comedian like that and it goes so well. Say what you want about John Gruden, but it worked for the Raiders that season as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always fun,
0: especially during training camp. You know what I'm saying? It gets some nighttime entertainment. You see the rookies doing entertainment all the time but sometimes they do bring in different people and to bring in a comedian like that to just break it up and everybody build a good sport about it. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, giving jokes, you know what I'm saying? They compare you to Justin Timberlake. Hey man, that's a great thing. Right. They compare you to Hulk Hogan. Like, Hey man, that's, that's, that's cool. It's fun. Like have fun with it. Laugh at it. Don't get too all uptight and feel like whatever. But I think that's a great thing for, for the coach to do that. Um, you know, a lot of times when you do things like that and you have that nighttime entertainment, you generally have the night off of meetings. Well, that's how it was when, you know, when we would have some night entertainment like that. You know, you might have a team meeting after dinner and then you bring in the night entertainment, right? You know, we've had, you know, throughout my years, we had a couple of comedians, different people that came in and, um, Different people that came in and just did other things, spoken words or you know what I'm saying? There's all types of stuff. Um, I think my first year in Detroit, Jim Schwartz had uh Eric Thomas come in. I think he came in. Yeah, he came in. I can't I know he came in. I can't remember if it was during training camp or if it was during the season. But I know Eric Thomas came in and you know, so, so it's always it's always good to to get those guys to come in. And like I say, when they're comedians and they're funny, um, you know, you get a free come 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 I com, don't you know what it's just a free comedy show. Um, and then, and then he roasts some guys, you know what I'm saying? And, and he don't feel afraid to roast the head coach. I think that like you say, that shows the humility of Matt Campbell, I mean Dan Campbell, for them to feel like we can we can roast the head coach and he's not gonna feel some type of way about it. So that's a great thing.
1: And the players feel confident enough to laugh at their head coach that he's not gonna be watching for the, yeah, who smiled, who who smirked at that. You're running laps after the fact.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, you don't want that. And and that speaks to the coach, it speaks to the environment, it speaks to the respect that they have for their coach and that the coach has for the player. So like I said, all those things are good signs, all those things are great, you know, going into going into this season. It just would be great to 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 couple that with some wins and you know, it'd be it'd be looking good in Detroit.
1: Was Eric Thomas kind of the best night, or well, maybe night entertainment during camp or the season? Was he kind of the best guest that you had visit? Um, yeah, I mean, I would
0: say, especially given what he's done, you know, nationally media and I mean, just him speaking the way he spoke and all those things, and then, you know, him I think he played defensive back when he played or he just loved defensive back. So he actually came in the defensive back room and, you know, talked to us again, like separately. So that was cool to like, you know, see him up close and in person in a smaller environment, you know, more, you know, close and intimate, you know, real, like real talk, you know what I'm saying? So that was, that was cool. But yeah, we, I mean, like I said, I can't even remember all the guys that we had over the years. Um, but I know every every year almost they 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 have some type of some type of night of entertainment at some point. Not every day, but you know at least one night out of the whole training camp, they're going to get at least one person in there.
1: Okay, okay. And drifting back to Aiden Hutchinson for a second, it seems as though that coach, yeah, uh, coach, the, just all the coaches really. Uh, Specifically, Aaron Glenn, though, very excited about Hutchinson because everything he thought about Aiden Hutchinson, he's just happy to know that it's real. And it seems as though Vegas believes it's real, too, because Aiden Hutchinson, he's the only Lion that's really in competition for any of the awards that are being bet on right now. No MVPs for the Lions, can't even place a bet on any of them. Same with offensive rookie of the year. Hutchinson, though, favorite for defensive rookie of the year, ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau, who I want to get your thoughts on the dirty slash not dirty cut block, and also ahead of Kyle Hamilton, who I know you're a fan of as a fellow safety. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's good. That's
0: good for Aiden, you know. Um, but I mean, you could expect that, right? He was a top candidate in college. Right, he was a top candidate. Um,
1: he got Heisman votes. Let's be real. Yeah,
0: like he was a top guy in college, so you would assume and expect, especially being taken so high in the draft, you would assume, hey man, this guy was this in college. But you know, for Heisman, he was competing against offensive guys and this, this and that. He probably was the best defensive guy in college last year. So it may not be a huge stretch to say he could possibly be the best defensive guy in the NFL. It's the same guy that he was, you know what I'm saying? So I I, I don't think that's a stretch to, to have him up there. I think, you know, if the Lions have some success and he stay healthy and played well, I think he'll have some success and I think he'll put himself right there in that category. Um, you know, it's very difficult for a uh, safety to win it because you, you're going to have to have interceptions. You know, and I'm not saying it's easier to get a sack, but, I mean, when you look at the history of the numbers, the all-time leader in sacks got, what, 200? Yeah. 200, something like that. I don't think the all-time leader in interceptions got 200.
1: I don't even know if anyone you, has I 100 mean, like,
0: you yeah, like 60, I mean, you look at 65, 70, I mean, you look at 100 picks, that's a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you look at a 100. I mean, you think about guys like Richard Sherman came in, had tons of interceptions in a couple years, and Mark, like, those guys might have 35, 40 picks. I think Charles Woodson had 55 picks. You know what I'm saying? Like, 200 picks? That's an insane amount of interceptions, you know what I'm saying? So... The chances that Aiden Hutchinson, though, can have 10, 12 sacks in the season, as opposed to, you know, Cal Hamilton having 10, 12 interceptions. I know Trayvon Diggs did it last year, but that's man, that don't happen very often. Um, and you mentioned that block. I was actually looking for it because I didn't even see it. Okay. I've been working the last couple of days, man. So I didn't even, I didn't even see the block.
1: Let's see if we can pull it up here for you. Get it on screen. But basically it was a routine cut block by Thaddeus Moss on cave on Thibodeau. And unfortunately he ended up injuring his knee. It's an MCL. So he's going to be out at least four weeks. It seems like. Oh, wow. So it's unfortunate, but it's in the rule book. Yeah. 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 Man.
0: Like, I can't stand those cut blocks and I get it though. Right. You know, some receivers are small guys and they have the the task of blocking large humans. Right. So coaches need to design the better plays, better blocking schemes, because, you know, they do everything to protect offensive players and they try to protect defensive players. I understand that in ways they do, but the cut block is, it, I just don't like it. I never liked it. Even when I played, I didn't like it. You know, I still don't like it. From high school, to college, I just don't like the cut block. Like, bow up, bow your neck, on your chest, hit the man in the mouth, body position, do something, and get the man blocked. But to go and cut block, because I know there's plenty of times that I got cut blocked and it could have been a blown out knee.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's uh, and they did change the rules recently in regards to cut blocking and how you what you can do, what you're allowed to. Oh, okay. I've got the the video here that I'll I'll enter into the uh, into the stream, but yeah, it's they changed the rules so you can't go backwards or you can't go outside in, but you can still go inside out when it comes to a cut block. And so that's why there's no flag not expected to be a fine when it comes to this play, but I'll bring it up here and let you see what or you decide what you think here. Goes nah, low. That ain't
0: dirty. Yeah. That ain't dirty. That ain't dirty. Nah. I can't I can't vouch with that. That I mean, because to me looking like you know he comes off, he's in the backfield He clearly looks right. And he looks at the, he looks at the guy. He looks clearly at him and then he doesn't defeat the the block. Like he goes down with a shoulder. That is not how you defeat a cut block. Like, yeah, that block happens all the time. Those receivers coming behind the ball like that. That's how he's going to make his block. So I can't sit here and say that that was a dirty play. I feel like the defender gotta do a better job of defending that block. I still don't like cut blocks, but that one right there, the fact that he looked at him and saw him coming. Yeah, I, I think I I think that he could have he could have played that different.
1: And that seems to be the consensus reaction from former players. On the offense, it seems they're all, yeah, it was a clean play. It's in the rule book, it's fine. On the defense, we have our co- or our fellow co-workers over on Believe Bengals. They've got Pac- or Adam Jones and uh, Solomon Wilcots, who both say it's a cl- legal hit. It's it's a legal block. You have to do a better job. And same with Carl Banks. He says it's a clean play. It's a legal play. He doesn't like it, but it's still legal. And so right. it yeah, feels like that that's what def- the people who have actually played defense in the NFL, they don't like it, but they understand you have to protect yourself better. Right.
0: Because you've seen some over the course of, of time that are dirty players, Right. Yeah. And like I said, if, if the defender never even made eye contact with the receiver, right. Cause the receivers running across at him, the defender looks right at the receiver. So they made eye contact. So now as a small guy, if you're going to block a big guy, and they don't see you, you may try to like block them, right? Because that's your chance to kind of say or show that you blocked the big guy, but he's not even looking at you, right? But but if he's looking at me, but yeah, you have you have those guys, and I I, I don't think that was a dirty play. I think I think he saw him coming, and he he got to do a better job. Of fighting off that block. Cut blocks happen all the time. That's that's nothing new. Um, you know that he he just gotta do a better job. I I I don't see anything dirty about the play. I personally know that those receivers are gonna do that over and over and over again. They they're they're tasked to try to block these big guys. I I just feel like he got to do a better job putting his hands down, taking on that block and and going to make the play. I mean, like if he, if he just goes and makes the play and you know, he might even go make a top in the backfield and that blocker never even get there. But it's like, he looked at him and then he kind of, I don't know. I got to look at it some more, but I didn't see anything dirty or malicious that, in, in, in that play.
1: Yeah. It's pretty much consensus. NFL players agree that we want it out of the game, get rid of the cut block, but in terms of Thaddeus Moss, you can't blame the man, even in the slightest. So, Kayvon Thibodeau, get well soon, and protect yourself better.
0: Got to, because it's going to happen. It's going to happen, especially, you know, guys see that you can't defend a cut block. Those the receivers are going to continue to do it. They're not going to be like, all right, let's take it easy on no, it. they're going to try to cut you the next time, too. This is yeah. what it is.
1: Yeah, they're looking for those. That's what film study is t- for to see where you're weak and if you're you can't get past a cut block if you are held up every play why wouldn't offense come at you with that
0: right every time
1: yes and with the motions in the nfl from wide receivers fullbacks tight ends it's you gotta learn how to play in the nfl it's not college anymore
0: right it's a different game and that's why I was saying it's just it's just a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of this, a lot of that. Having to learn new things. Yeah, you, you, you used to coming off in college and you beat the guy, you just go run, make a tackle in the backfield, or you do like it's different. It's it's totally different. You got to learn. You got to learn a lot, you know. And you know, some people learn quickly, some people it takes a little longer. So hopefully, you know, he can learn from from that, you know, as he heals up, you know, and not feel. Um, you know not feel I don't how do I say it, but you know not feel like the guy made a dirty play, you know, look at that and say, you know what it wasn't a dirty play. I gotta do a better job yeah because there like I said there's times where it's a dirty play, right like I remember back when I was playing, you know, Arizona used to do it a lot with Larry Fitzgerald right they'll motion him from the outside in. And he'll come just, he wouldn't cut him, but he would just blindside, crack block that defensive end and just clean the guy out. Well, Larry Fitzgerald's not a little guy now. So that right there could be considered a dirty play. You know what I'm saying? Especially if he's coming that way and still cut. Like I said, most of the time people don't cut when you don't see them coming. They cut when... You looking at me, I'm looking at you, and I know I can't physically match up. I'm gonna to try to cut you. But if i if you're not looking at me, I'm just gonna go hit you.
1: You're not even looking at me. That's when those decleater blocks come in, and Larry Fitzgerald, Heinz Ward, those were two of the patented decleat blocks coming from the crack on the outside.
0: Yes, no question.
1: And so hopefully this becomes a learning moment for Kayvon Thibodeau. Lots of learning moments in this preseason. One final game. So before we get you out of here, what are you going to be looking for on Sunday? Aside from please play the starters. That's what I was going to say.
0: That's what I'm going to be looking for because obviously we know, and and I don't want to throw any shade on anybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm not throwing any shade on anybody, but it's just a reality and a realization In the NFL, the rosters have to get cut down to 53 guys. And so if they don't play the starters on Sunday, in all reality, there's going to be a lot of guys playing that's not going to be on the roster. When you go into this last game, there may be four or five guys that are legitimately competing for a spot. If they got to cut 27, they already know 24 of them that they're cutting. They already know. It's two or three, maybe four that could possibly play their way on in the final game. But they already know 22 of the ones that they're cutting. They, they know that already. But they just got to get through the game. So If they don't play the starters, I'm just going to be honest, Jack. I I don't know how much I'm going to spend watching it because, I mean, I'm going to be watching people that's just going to be getting cut the next day. And, you know, I, I feel bad for them, but it's just the reality of the league. And, you know, hopefully somebody plays their way on, you know what I'm saying? Every now and then you have that one or two guys that just go out and have a monster game and, yeah, they may not play their way on to the active roster, but they may play themselves on to the practice squad and continue to get a chance. And you'll see them come in later on in the season, and you'll say, you know what, that last preseason game, he really did a great job and, you know, gave himself a chance. But I don't think it's going to be a surprise from anybody because there are no surprises like that. If you come out in that last preseason game and you earn your way onto the roster, guess what? You've been doing it in OTAs. You've been doing it in practices. You've been making plays in the joint practices. You've been making plays in the preseason games. You just was an undrafted guy that had a long shot to make it, but you just keep showing up and you keep showing up, and then you get to that last game, and you just have a monster day. Because if you haven't shown any great things or enough great things from OTAs all the way up until this last game, Just because you go out and have one decent game don't mean they're going to be like, oh, yeah, he deserves a spot. So the the person that, like I said, they're going to have maybe two or three people that's been competing and they got a shot to earn, you know, they might earn that spot. Everybody else, they already know. They haven't done enough in the whole time that they've been here to earn a spot in this last game. They just body fillers. We just got to play a game. So we need, I mean, we got, we got to put certain amount of guys out there. So that's what we're going to do. But the chances of them making the roster slim. So that's what I'm looking for. I want to see, I want to see if the starters are going to play and if they are, I want to see what they look like. I want to see the secondary. I want to see, you know, obviously, I know what the O line is going to do. I want to see some pass rush from, from Aiden. You know, he had came out and had a great first game. Like, I mean, I'm sure he's jumping at the bit to get back out there. You know, so I want to see a little bit more from him um, if I can. You know, and just and just if, if they go out and play clean, right? You let the the starters star start, and you know they go down and have a great offensive drive, and then the defense come out and have a great stop. Then sure, hey these guys might be primed and ready to go, but if that don't happen, I want to see a little more.
1: I think in the end, what we're trying to say is Dan Campbell, please play the starters. Everyone out there listening to Believe in Lions, please check out our sponsors, betonline.ag. Like the podcast, subscribe, like us on YouTube, leave us a comment because it all helps us out. Make sure you follow Glover Quinn, Glover Quinn follow me at Javanaugh 87 and I believe that's all of the pluggables and I think that's all of the main takeaways that we've got here
0: I think so I think so'll be interesting to see how this last week go I keep my eyes on it and uh you know I got some got some good news though for 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 the upcoming podcast talk to talk to a couple guys so she'll have some some good guests coming on so tune in subscribe do all those good things check us out
1: check us out because you are not gonna want you are not going to want to miss what we've got coming for you so until next week we will see you next time
0: pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's